are back here with Mr. Mitch. This guy is the king of owner financing. He's got the crown. He owns the crown, actually. Um, <laughs> if you're watching us, I mean, <laughs> you know, hey, no, we're just no, literally, we're just having a blast here uh, because uh, Mitch is is really bringing the truth uh, behind you know what being in real estate is all about. It's it's not just about you know. Lambos and Ferraris and, and the big old checks. To, yeah, the big old checks. People with like thirty and forty thousand dollar checks. He's actually being very humble when it comes to opening up and, and allowing in allowing you into his story on and on how he was actually coming up through the ranks when when you know he started buying uh, and, and selling owner financing. So we stopped on the last one uh, on the last thirty minute podcast. If you listen to this on the Renovating Riches Radio, where He's now figuring out how to go from landlord to a bank. What happens after that, Mitch? What What was the next, I guess, aha moment, and where Where did your How did your business evolve from there? Well, I didn't make a lot of changes fast. I got I stuck in one place probably too long. For, so for the next ten years, I was working pretty much in a shell of a infrastructure, not not too hefty. Uh, me and a couple other people. And I got every hat on. I'm the I'm the buyer. I'm the seller. I'm the I'm the HR person. I'm the advertising person. I'm the guy who has to go out and find the money. I'm the guy who was doing collections. General contractor, you know, keeping your crews, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, too many hats, man. Yes. Way too many hats. So um, I try about five times in my career at different times when I just like get up to here burned out, really, mm-hmm. to try to change and it. I failed all five times, and then I started thinking about when I grew the most, what happened, what did I do when I was in trouble or wanted to accomplish something, what was it I did, and I remembered I always paid someone who had already been there to do it and show me how. So I thought, well, how am I going to get someone to show me how to automate this business, or how am I going to, so I don't have to work in this business anymore, I could like run the business from up here. Yes. So I started asking around and I found a mastermind that had about 83 people that probably were there and at least 40 of them could operate their business from anywhere in the country. And they were all doing basically more or less what I was doing. They were doing something in real estate. So uh, I joined up for that. Uh, Looking back at it, overall cost me about 30,000 counting airline tickets and hotels and rent cars and Ubers and dinners and all that and and the seat at the table. And so... uh, I went there wholeheartedly open, you know, a mental to yeah, go there open. Right. Which is very important. Some people just go there thinking that they know everything. And it's yeah. hard They're going to teach everybody there what they do and how <laughs> it, they got ultra rich. It, it, it's hard to learn on those terms, right? When, when you. I went there, it's like thinking, I'm going to listen five times more than I talk, at mm-hmm. least. Uh, and I'm going to um, drink the Kool Aid. I'm going to let them unwind me. Mm hmm. And then I'm going to see if I can't get them to rewind me a different way so that I get a result that I want. So I went there. I learned what to do. I met a lot of incredible people. They're still my friends today. It's one of the things on a mastermind I didn't calculate is that, you know, some of the 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 people that I met there are still my confidants and people I can call, you know, six and eight and ten years later, you know. So um, I went home. And I realized one of the other reasons why it's hard to do this, 
was I was used to buying 100 houses a year, more or less. And in order to fix this broken office, I was going to have to quit doing all that, and I was going to have to work on this friggin' office. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right. I get people, hire them, try to figure out who's good, train them, whatever. So what happened was that year, not only did I spend $30,000 on the training, but I only did 33 houses instead of 100. So mm -hmm. I lost like 67 deals out of it. I don't know how much those 67 deals would have been worth to me, but probably right. hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, uh, but I didn't have a choice because I was so burned out and how I got to the decision was I was going to quit. I have all my storages. I have an income. It comes in. I was going to quit this business. But in the back of my mind, it kept gnawing at me. It says, you're going to walk away from a business that makes like a million dollars a year. And you're just going to throw it in the trash can because you're friggin' tired. Wouldn't it be better to pay half of that million dollars to the people that ran it and you kept 500000 and didn't have to do it anymore? Mm -hmm. So I thought I was going to have to take like a 40 50% cut in pay to get people to sit in those chairs. And get your freedom back. Get much. my freedom, but still have a check. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. So I said, well, that's a no-brainer. I'm going to go get do it that way or see. But I was so intimidated after fa failing the first five times that I wasn't sure they could fix me. Maybe, maybe there was something really wrong with me up here or something. Like, I wasn't going to get it or something. Mm -hmm. But I went there. They fixed me. I went back. I committed. I got people in the chairs. I got set up mostly where people get paid upon success. Like so I, right. I was scared to death of building a hamster wheel I couldn't get off of. Mm -hmm. So all, like 80, 85% of the people in my organization, they only get paid when I get paid. Right. Now they get paid well because they're getting paid like that. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. you, don't, you can't pay them regular. If they're going to only get paid when the money yeah, is the table, they got to get a bigger piece. Right? If they're showing up for the check on Friday, then you don't need them there. Yeah. So um, what I've learned was... Or what happened was I didn't take a cut in pay. Actually, I made more money than I was making without when I when I didn't have them. I was making more money than when I didn't have that overhead, and I figured out why was that my acquisition manager. He was so much better at acquisition than me, not because one on one he's better than me at it, but he could focus on only that thing that was his only job, and be and, and I'm better than him. If that's all I had to do, but, but I can't do that. Yeah. yeah, you're running with, like you said, you know, five Multiple different hats. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do that. He wasn't quite as good as me, or you know, let's just say, no one's better than me at buying houses. Okay, <laughs> so, so, let's get that out of the way right now. Okay, so he wasn't as good as me. I'm, I'm saying that tongue in cheek, guys. But, but in my mind, really though, he was never going to be as good as me because he hadn't had as much experience as me. It was mm -hmm. going to take him a long time to get 15 years worth of experience. But he was better than me because he was focused on it every day, eight hours a day, and it's all he focused on. Mm -hmm. So he would produce more than me, even though he was not quite as good at it as I was. And so I learned to take less talent, but stronger focus would, would still get me where I was going. And then the salesperson wasn't as good at me at selling my houses. Sometimes I cringed when I listened to them selling houses like no this ain't gonna work but she sold more houses than i could in a month because i couldn't give devote my whole time to selling houses and that's all she did now if my people if the and i kept them all separate mm -hmm. they don't even in the same room or the same office it's, it's all separate okay so because the minute she starts saying well i want to buy houses i'm gonna say okay well look you want to go find houses 
then just turn in your shit at the office and, and uh, go. Because I, I, I don't need someone who wants to find houses. You're my salesman. I need someone who needs to sell houses. Right. If you don't want to sell houses anymore, just let me know. Yeah. You know? The day that I see that you're out buying houses, you, 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 you just split your, your... You just bought your ticket out. Yeah, but you just split your uh, focus on my problem, right. and I don't need anyone to split their focus. I'm paying you the way I'm paying you to devote 100% of your time to solve my issue. If you don't want to do that anymore... No problem, and I don't have a problem. You can go sell houses, yeah, buy houses you want to, and... do it. But I'm looking for someone 100% in this lane, and I'm looking for 100% in this lane. And so whatever I got someone doing, they're 100%, and they don't, it's none of their business what the other guy does it or how it does it. And sometimes it's not even any of their business on where the leads are coming from or whatever. I keep a lot of proprietary stuff, like, over there in the back attic somewhere, you know? Yeah. I get it. So, Acquisition so... guys goes, where are you getting all these leads? Says, don't worry about that. Just start calling them. Yeah. So your jobs, your job is to milk the leads, not mm-hmm. to worry about where they come. So from. one of the things, like in the acquisition things, was um, I used to hire people from the real estate clubs. Or I want to be in real estate. Can I come work for you, whatever? Or I'm in real estate. I could be one of your workers or whatever. I soon learned that I didn't want people that were interested in real estate. If I needed an acquisition man, I needed a guy who was a negotiator who could sell a product or an idea. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I stopped looking for my people in the real estate estate realm and I started looking for who's the top car salesman on this street or who's the top who's the top Hoover vacuum cleaner guy or whatever and how much are they making well that guy's making 45,000 as a car salesman can he make more with me hell yeah he can if he's good Hoover vacuum cleaner he's making $35,000 can I can he make more with me yeah he can okay so they don't know anything about real estate it would take them years to get to that point you know Mm -hmm. and so I just wanted to hire the best salesman I could and then I started one of the smartest things I did was I started having them tested personality test so I'm testing them and what I'm trying to find is I need someone who's um, I need someone who's uh, super motivated Mm self-motivated gets himself out of bed gets cranked up gets rolling by himself I need someone who's responsible understands what their commitment is and will honor their commitment I need someone with honesty and integrity I need someone who's money motivated they really want to make they want to go from 35,000 to 65,000 or 80,000 or 100,000 they want to and I'm going to show them how they can if they're good at this. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's a couple of other things I test for that these were all very positive qualities. Then I test for what I consider to be a little more negative qualities. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that the person that I'm hiring is a very bad personal money manager for himself. And it doesn't sound pretty, but I need this guy to be on the edge all the time. Uh, because if he's a really great saver, stays motivated. Yeah, he stays motivated. If he's a really great saver, he might build up enough money to go start another business and get the six months it takes before you'd make. Or he'll money. be comfortable to where he's. Or not he as won't. Or he'll get anymore. comfortable and he won't go out. And then the last thing I test for, which is an absolute positive, was he couldn't have an entrepreneurial bone in his body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're looking for for. Ex- I'm looking for worker bees. Yeah, I'm looking like, for worker bees. Yeah, not queen bees. And not I guess king bees. I guess you do like an online. Uh, psychological profiling with them yeah. where they do a test and that's yeah, how you know higher company okay yeah there's that, a that's that's a very very good Look, if you're uh, listening it's to expensive this. though but i mean it's yeah, a lot more expensive lot to train this guy for a year and then they and then go find off. out that he uh, per- person didn't work um so basically you're just describing how you went from working in your business to working Online. on your business yeah and so and how you profit tremendously by doing that getting yourself out of 
I got to get myself out of the way. I was in the way. I was in the way of all of it. And that was the hardest thing is to realize that I'm the one blocking all the growth because I can only do so much a day and I was in the way. That was the hardest thing in the world for me to settle up with, you know, even to realize in the first place. I thought I was the one that was making it all happen. At some point in my life, I came to the conclusion like, yeah, you've made it all happen up to this point. Now at this point, you're the one in the way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... um, so now to today, I haven't seen the last 300 houses I bought, and I have not seen the last 300 houses that bought my, I mean, 300 people that bought my houses. Right. I haven't seen them. Uh, I haven't been to a closing in 15 years. I mastered that early on right. <laughs> uh, uh, because I, I just couldn't do it. And plus, you could show me all those papers, and honestly, I, I didn't sign, understand it. Sign. didn't care. I just... My, you my, knew that if you my lawyers told me the ramifications of all this stuff, and if I did this and this and this, that I'd end up with the money, and that's what I cared about. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm real good at like listening to something and and um, deciding, okay, because of everything you told me, I'm going to do A. You asked me 30 days later, or I mean, I'm sorry, a year later or a year and a half later, why are you doing A? I said, I don't remember why. I just remember that at the time I needed to make that decision, that was the decision that, was, that made, and there was yeah. a lot of good reasons for it. Yeah. Because I'm on to really what I do best. Is that's, I want to buy houses and sell houses. That's why I don't want to know paperwork. I don't want to know. I don't care to be an expert in that. I don't care to be an expert on building podio. I'll go tell the guy that knows how to build podio what I want to do. Yes. And why did I pick podio over whatever the other one was? I don't remember now, but there was a time when they told me about the ones I picked. <laughs> you know, but th- th- don't, I don't care. Uh, you know what, uh, Mitch? I was having this conversation last night with, uh, with a guy that he's asking me about systems and all these things and I'm like why are you worried about all those things man you need to go buy a house you don't need to worry about the coal rail or the pole that's or what the, you know all of those things they're actually gonna cost you money man so and time and they're gonna take away from your your focus analysis paralysis so all right so man I, I love that you share uh, this with our audience because uh, for a lot of us that are working in the business, and we're going to include ourselves in it. We're still doing uh, yeah. we, we still every do a day. lot of those things every Okay, day. well, I, I'm not saying that I don't work in the business, too, because I have a very, I have a very um, prominent role that I do work in the business. But my job today is, is to find the money, to find the private people that want to invest the money. So I'm constantly at dinner, lunch, talking, analyzing. Is that my guy? Are you my guy? Are you my guy? Yeah. Who's the guy I need to have lunch with? Who's the guy I need to network, to network with? Where do I need to go? I'm still working in my business to agree, but it's a, it's a, it's whole, a, it's a whole lot more fun to socialize and have dinners and talk to people than it was like to run through these neighborhoods for 15 years. The next house, the next house, the next house, fighting with contractors and doing and, all that And he stuff. gets to a point that he gets old. You know, he, yeah, he, I've already done that, man. I did that for 10 years. You And you move in in your career to other things that, you know, time now has allowed you to do other greater things. And... and I don't know if you want to talk about it, but we already heard, you know, an organization that you're helping grow that it's it's way higher up there with, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going, I'm going to Washington and talking to our senators and our, you know, Ted Cruz or whoever. We got appointments and we're talking to them about the laws in the state of Texas and, and federal laws that are affecting the creative real estate investing uh, uh what's it called? Industry, 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 you know, because um, they know not what they do half the time. They pass these laws and you have, you know, with Dodd-Frank, if you leave it alone the way it is, uh, middle America won't own a home. 
because mm-hmm. it takes people like us, owner financing people, all the other people that can't get a traditional bank loan. What happens to all those other people? Are they just relegated to be renters the rest of their life? Because if you because if you cut people like you and me out of the seller financing department because of your laws and regulations, those are the people that are going to suffer. They're not ever going to be able to own a house. And even even investors and wholesalers, you know, that sometimes are looked uh, or are frowned upon. I mean, no, these are the people that are fixing houses. Like, Houston that. is a very good example after the flood. I mean, if it wasn't for investors, there will be there will still be hundreds of I don't know how many houses, but thousands, thousands, and thousands, thousands and thousands. I was going to say hundreds of thousands, but yeah. I don't know if it gets up there. But you know, all these houses are being fixed by investors, the same people that sometimes are frowned upon, and they look like oh, they're just scammers. And yeah, they they they, 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 are... they only hear the consumer protection places only hear the complaints. They don't hear the millions. Of, I mean, happy people don't send in letters to their senators or to right. their reps. They only hear the one bullshit guy, and half of those people are loons. So. I mean, because like if you deal in enough volume, there's people that you'll never make happy, right? Yeah, have you yeah, met no, them? Have you absolutely. met them? No, <laughs> every day. Okay, so <laughs> I think we talk about it every day. So, so what are the basics of owner financing, Mitch? Can can we can you describe in a nutshell owner financing 101? Okay, so I find a house that I can buy. Actually, let's start with the beginning. I I see a house that I want to buy, and I go figure out what the rents are in the neighborhood because the core belief of owner financing is that a person paying a thousand dollars a month rent would rather pay a thousand dollars to own if they just know how they could become the owner for the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I deal in this price range of houses um, where I can make that happen, where the rents, given what the rents are, I can make them the owner and make a profit and just move them from paying a thousand dollars rent to paying a thousand dollars for a mortgage Mm -hmm. plus or minus 50, 60, 70, a hundred bucks. Okay. Pretty close. Um, usually dead on, but, um, so let's say I see this house, I do the rental formula and I figure out from the rents that I can afford to sell that house for, um, uh, Mm $110,000. So now that I know what I can sell it for based on the rents, now I can go in and negotiate. So let's say I go in for round numbers, easy numbers, and don't think that this doesn't happen because it happens all the time. Although it's, above average deal that I'm going to spread mm-hmm. you. I end up getting this house under contract for 50,000. So I can buy it all in 50,000. I borrow 52,000 from my private lender. My private lender loans me the money at 8% interest only, five years, non-recourse collateral only loan. And he loans it to me and I owe him about 350 a month. Mm-hmm. I'm doing round numbers right now. So yeah, you, yeah, that's fine. you sticklers out there, don't split hairs with me. <laughs> Just understand Look, the theory okay don't be pulling calculators and that kind of stuff okay just, just go with the flow understand the theory so so now i buy the house at 52 i i got i give my private lender a first lien on my house that i'm going to sell for 110 i give him a first lien for 52,000. Okay? that's his security it's his security if i don't pay him he's going to get this house mm-hmm. uh then i sell the house for uh 110 say with 12,000 down so, so far in this equation, I picked up $2,000 when I bought it, and I picked up $12,000 in the down payment, so I got $14,000 in my pocket. Now, I want to tell you, the reason why I borrow the extra $2,000 is because I buy about 100 houses a year, and it takes me about $2,000 to find that guy, mm-hmm. each house. To find that house, it takes me about $2,000. If I run around for a year leaving $2,000 worth of my 
advertising yeah. or whatever it is in every house, a hundred houses times 2000 is $200,000. Okay. Yeah. For the year that I left laying around. And if I do it five years in a row, it's a million bucks. Mm -hmm. And you guys got a million bucks to leave laying around? No. Okay. So that's why I borrow the two up front. When I borrow, it's hardly over leveraging. Is it? I borrowed an extra two measly thousand dollars to reimburse myself for really. And I got a house that I'm going to sell for 110. So I, I I'm really opposed against over borrowing on houses, but this, extra money to put in my pocket is hardly consequential to this deal. 2000 is really nothing yeah. in the big scheme of things. Yeah. I will never buy this house over 65%. Okay. Okay. I, I buy houses at 65% or under. That's 60, just for our audience, that's 65% ARV of the after repair value. Yeah. So if it's a hundred thousand dollar house, I don't want to be in it more than 65 after the repairs. Um, not to say that I haven't, but that's my goal. But there's sometimes it makes sense yeah, to go you, a little over or whatever, but that's my baseline. We've seen a few yeah, yeah, of those. Yeah. <laughs> because usually you're going to go over whether you want to yeah. or not. So so then now I'm collecting $850, and I'm paying out $350. So I picked up $14,000 to create a $500 a month cash flow, of which I am not a landlord. I'm the bank. So when that check comes in for $850 and it clears, and I send out my payment to that other guy, that $500 is mine, and no one... Uh, 98% of the time should call me back and ever want some of that 500 back. The only time I, it would go back out is if they don't pay and I have to hire an attorney for a foreclosure and I have to spend a little bit of money. But then I get the house back and I get to get it Do all it back again. again. Redo it up. Now, for those of y'all out there that think that it's really glorious or that it's a business model to take people's houses away from them and sell them again, that's bullshit. That's not what the goal is. The goal is to sell it one time, collect the 30 years worth of payments, and everybody live happily ever after. I take houses because I have to in self-defense. Okay? If someone's not paying me, something has to happen, yes. and i got to move on. It's not my goal. And if I put people in houses, or when I'm looking to put people in houses, if I don't think they're going to make it, then we don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're not setting it, setting them up for failure, which or is, himself. Yeah. Yeah. Which is part of the reason, like some of the Dodd Frank laws exactly were created, because right. someone have like thirty thousand dollars to put down on a hundred thousand dollar house. Of course, they worked at Walmart and they only made fifteen hundred dollars a month, and you knew they weren't going to be able to make it because the house payments a thousand. Right. You knew, but they would do it because they said, "Well, I'm going to get the thirty thousand, and then when they can't pay, I'll foreclose and I'll sell it again to someone." So that's, that's bullshit. <laughs> if you want to run your way, your business that way, run your life that way, you. I believe in what goes around comes around. You'll get yours, in, you know, yeah, sooner or yeah, later. We, so. we met a we met a we met a guy like that, uh, yeah. and I wanted nothing to do with this guy. Yeah, he uh, had turned he, a house over like eighteen it, times. He he was bragging about it. Oh, you know, I foreclosed on this thing eighteen times, and I just looked at him with awe. I was like, oh my god, this guy's horrible. No, he's the reason why that guy is the reason why these laws get passed and, and encumber people like us exactly. and slow us down and everything because some idiot has the idea that. Hurting 18 families in a row was a good business plan. You know, the worst thing about it is he showed up on this brand new Cadillac Escalade, all tricked out. I mean, and just the image. and The whole picture was the, wrong. The whole picture was completely wrong. And the lady that he was foreclosing on was dying of cancer. So I walked away. Uh, we walked away. We got on my truck that day because we were rehabbing a house maybe two houses over. And I was just trying to buy her house. I was like, hey, look, let me buy it. You know, I'll get this guy off your back. But it was too late because he already had, you know, all the all the foreclosure papers and all that. And we drove off and it was complete silence on my truck. You know, usually we were, you know, just chit-chatting. It I was think so bad, right? We were just processing what just happened. And we kind of looked at each other and we looked at each other and we said, we will never be that guy. 
Yeah, don't be that guy. Uh, so if you guys are taking notes, you don't do this owner financing uh, strategy for ripping people, ripping well, people look, off. Look, or... I, I, do my, I do my notes, 30 years fixed, no balloon. When I sell my houses, people say, how come we don't put in a balloon? I says, because inevitably the balloon, balloon time comes and they can't and won't. They can't perform. They're not able to perform. And I'm put in the position to make the decision. Do I yank this house out from under them after they've given me a down payment and made five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years worth of payments? They put a pool in the backyard and they did an addition and they've done all this stuff, this house. I'm in the position to make the decision of yes or no. And I don't want to be in that position so i just eliminate the position by eliminating the balloon i'll solve the my financial issues a different way good so and and mitch is, is there i mean we got people that are listening to this right now and they're thinking okay i want to learn more is there a way um i mean do you offer some I mean, yeah, training I mean, or have any programs i'm not a millhouse i have uh i take about 15 people a year personally where they have my phone number they call me um, you can learn all about it at 1000houses.com forward slash mentoring. That's if you are interested in one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I'm not expensive as things go, but it's expensive in anyone's Absolutely. book. Coaching's it's, it's expensive, time. you know, you but that. I'm very reasonable compared to anyone. So you can check it out there. But it, and if that's not really, or you're not ready for that, I have a weekly coaching call. That's like $3,500 for the year. I reserve the right to change my prices or whatever. Uh, I'm stating it today. This is going to probably be on the internet for however long. Today, it's $3,500 for the year. That's it. All right. So Mitch, uh, people that are listening to us right now, they might be asking themselves, you know, is there a way of learning about what you do, owner financing? How can they get in contact with you and, and maybe have a program or, or, you know, have you mentor them? Well, so I was going to have my girl, um, Put some stuff in the back end there. Just go to renovativeriches.com forward slash owner finance. Yeah, Is that what yeah. we agree Actually, on? Actually, renovatingrichesradio.com oh, okay. forward slash owner financing. And There's only one guy, <laughs> owner financing, and that's this guy to my left. So, so just follow through our, our page and, and, and you'll be able to yeah. get in so touch with me. When you go to, when you go to renovativeriches.radio.com forward slash owner financing, there'll be links there to my coaching program. Or, or the one-on-one -on -one mentoring, or just the you know just the online courses which don't have any access. But my theory of the whole thing in coaching is I'm going to give everybody everything I've got. If you can just if you want to order the online and there's which has no access to me, um, there's enough information there to launch a career. I know people that have done it. Mm -hmm. They called me and thanked me. They said that course launched their whole life, and I never talked to them. But that's kind of a triple A two percenter guy. Mm -hmm. But the point is, is there's enough information there to launch a career. But other people need more hand-holding or would like the comfort of having a coach in their corner or whatever. So I'm not a real hard sell on this, but I'm real easy to find. And if you want to learn about that, go look. Uh, but at the very top level, I take about 15 people a year because that's all. I got six businesses. I got a wife and a family. I got a <laughs> ranch I like to go to. And then, you know, I got some students I got to handle. So I got to make sure because when I'm one-on-one -on -one with you, you better know and you, at least. And you, and you dial that number. I'm the one that picks up the phone, not some student from that did 20 deals last year. I mean, you're, I'm the one that picks it up. 1,500 deals behind me, 22 years, uh, a lot of broken noses, a lot of br mm -hmm. broken jaws, a lot bones. of bones, teeth. I mean, had my hair pulled, been dragged down the street, you know. <laughs> that, that experience. That will, all, that will all be in your favor because I, I know I've learned how to stop it and I can keep you from getting out of those positions. You know, one thing you can, you can always measure a coach by is by how much money they made you. 
but you'll never be able to measure how much he kept you from losing because there'll be no number. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, where does Mitch go from here, right? What's your next step? You know, I, I retired and I got bored, so I started my podcast, reinvestorsummit.com. And um, right now, I'm just cruising along, helping people. And what, what's making me smile right now is I'm helping a whole bunch of people be able to quit their job. And that's like, you know, the Dave Ramsey, let's do the primal scream, I'm debt free. Uh -huh. We're doing screams at our office like, I just told my boss to shove it. <laughs> that, you know what that's that's a great motivation right there man because that was my motivation i wanted to i wanted to tell my boss that i no longer needed his services well ladies and gents we're getting to the end here kids and adults and everybody that's listening to this podcast right now i hope you took a lot of notes if you need to you need to go back and listen to this again uh you know connect with all the strategies that uh mitch was teaching us because I'm learning as I go, uh, even though we, we are a little bit more so advanced and sophisticated, remember that this is not about us, it's about you, the one that's watching, the one that's listening. And you need to take those things and put them into action. Uh, take action is the one thing I can tell you. This is an action taker. I mean, he fell down and got back up and he fell down and back. He looked like one of those little, uh, you know, <laughs> the bouncy, the, the bouncy, uh, the bouncy little thing. I know, that, that you, you punch. Know, you punch and they just go down and they, oh, they just refuse to stay down, right? That's really not... That's really pretty close to what It's really pretty happened. close to what happened to you. And, 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 you know, I admire that because there's only, um, you know, that's, that's what I believe that's how a man is really measured is by how you can overcome all your obstacles and how you grow out of it. So this is a perfect explanation of, uh, you know, of, of somebody that went through a lot of struggles, you know, figured a bunch of things out got rich and poor within the same year, probably two or three times, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and here he is, you know, helping other people out, quit their jobs, achieve their goals, and educate, basically, and save you a ton of money in making a lot of mistakes. So Yeah, you're going to pay the street or you're going to pay the coach. The street is relentless. And this is a coach I would actually personally pay for if 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 I'm actually doing I'm actually not it's not if it's when I do it uh, probably next week or so. What's the link there? <laughs> so, anyways, with that being said, Dennis. No, I just want to say thank you to everyone. Remember to uh, give us a, a thumbs up, leave a review, um, share with your friends and and family and people that are interested in the real estate market about what we do what and you we can tell do all, you. but you need to love me so i want the i want the heart thing <laughs> i want to see all hearts on that thing, yeah okay? all hearts and five so star reviews you, you can like those guys but i demand what love. about your podcast what's your podcast i, de I demand love where's my podcast yes reinvestorsummit.com reinvestorsummit.com so check it out well with that thank you everyone thank you mitch again for having us here in your beautiful property and we'll see you next week with another interview